Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect way to take your brand to the next level? Want to reach a dedicated, engaged audience that's all ears? With Audiohook.com, you can do just that. Audiohook is the premier podcast advertising platform, connecting advertisers with some of the best podcasts in the world. Audiohook uses advanced targeting techniques to ensure your message reaches the right ears at the right time. With detailed analytics, you'll be able to track your campaign's performance and optimize your strategy for maximum impact. Plus, their team of experts are there every step of the way, providing guidance and support to make your campaign a success. So, whether you're a startup, a small business owner, or a marketing pro, Audiohook is your one-stop shop for podcast advertising success. Head over to audiohook.com to start your journey today. I'm Sam, and I co-host the Scott Holm Podcast, the known universe's first Houston Cougar sports podcast. Every week, even during the offseason, my co-host Dustin and I come on and talk everything current as it relates to the Cougs, and every so often, we'll bring on UH luminaries like Carl Lewis, Kellen Sampson, and a number of other fantastic Cougar voices, and as proud members of the 1012 Network, we also find the time to talk about our future conference and future opponents in the Big 12 as well. If all of that sounds even a little bit interesting to you, we would love it if you subscribe to the Scott Holm Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you put podcasts in your ears. That's podcast spelled P-A-W-D cast because the two of us hosting the show are nothing if not big dorks. So thank you and go Cougs. Podcast. I am your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are previewing the Kansas Bowl game. Yes, that is right. Kansas football in a bowl game against the Arkansas Razorbacks in the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. I am actually, as you were listening to this, en route over there to cover the game. I will be hopefully at the press conference for Lance Lightfoot in the morning and tweeting that out. Um, hopefully, you guys listen to this as all of that's happening, getting ready for the game. I am super excited to be out there. But joining me today is Andy Hodges of uh, the All Hogs website over on the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Network. I will be getting over to my interview with him shortly. 
Um, it's a very, very um, winding interview that goes through a lot of different things. We talk about the game. Unfortunately, it sounds like Arkansas is not necessarily as um, you know super excited about this game as a lot of Kansas fans are, so we'll see how all of that plays out. Maybe it'll be a good thing. But before we get over there, there are definitely some results that I need to talk about really quick. We will probably break down a little bit more of these after. Um, and, of course, I will... I was planning, unfortunately, with holidays and, you know, people being sick and stuff like that, I didn't get a chance to go over National Signing Day class and talk about all of that stuff. We will have some information about that coming up on Blue Wings Rising, you know, talking about my thoughts about, you know, the the recruiting class, kind of what this means, how we're set up for the, you know, going into next year and all of that. Um, I still plan to do all of that. We will do that here on the podcast as well. But, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do that in this episode. But I did want to talk about, obviously, the... The, uh, the great results that we saw for Kansas men's basketball against Harvard. You know, they got a double-digit win. It was a lot more difficult than they wanted it to be. Uh, and then, of course, the Kansas women, they did get their first loss of the year when they traveled up to Nebraska. Unfortunate. Uh, but it was a triple overtime game, a game that they were in from start to finish, a game that was a very exciting game. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it because it was on Big Ten Plus, and I couldn't justify the cost of, like, a $30, you know, charge to watch a single game um, on the Big Ten Network Plus. But I did watch highlights. I did take a look at what was available after the fact. It was a very exciting game. I was following the game as it was happening. It was a lot of fun to follow and see how just how great they were. You had some big moments on both sides. Both of those teams played well enough to really deserve to win that game. Unfortunately, one of them had to win. The fact that it took three overtimes for them to actually come to a decision there tells you just how good that game was and how evenly matched a lot of those teams were. What you really can take away from that is that this Kansas women's team belongs. They are one of the top teams. The The poll came out again um, you know, on Monday when I'm recording this, and Kansas only slipped a couple spots. Um, so this is you know something where they, they have shown that they deserve to be there. They have shown that they are ready to go and that this is a team that is going to be very competitive in the Big 12 this year. So I am super excited to see what they are able to do there. Um, looking at the actual scores for the game, kind of seeing what they were able to do. Um, lots of great stuff that they did. Uh, you know, it was a it was a back-and-forth game, three overtimes, multiple times where I thought Kansas had already lost it and they were able to force another overtime. Um, exactly the kind of thing that you want to see. A very, very, very good team that has done a lot of different things uh, to make sure that they are setting themselves up for the rest of the year. Um, Hots Leonti, you know, had uh, in, in her 37 minutes, she had 10 points. You had you had uh, four Kansas players score in double digits in this game, um, led by Zakiya Franklin. You know, she won Big 12 Player of the Week last week. Um, not not for this last week, but last, you know, the award that she that came last Monday. Um Absolutely fantastic for her. She has been playing phenomenally, and then she followed it up with another 27-point outing against Nebraska. Um, you know, not really much more you can ask for her to do. Um, she has been a leader on this team, a team that has multiple leaders. Um, you know, and Tiana Jackson, who has led this team at times, Holly Kersgeter, who's been kind of the vocal, um, you know, leader of this team. So definitely, definitely interested to kind of see how they're able to keep going. Um, you know, I am very, very excited to see what Franklin is able to do going into conference play, what Tiana Jackson is able to do going into conference play. Um, this is a team that is doing a very, very good job. You had Chandler Prater that got 10 rebounds. 
uh, in this game. Holly Kurzgeter got a double-double, 12 points, 11 rebounds. Tyna Jackson got a double-double, 18 points, 21 rebounds. Like, she was all beast on the boards. This is a Kansas team that is really coming into form, playing really well, knowing what it is they want to do. Not saying that they're going to win, you know, all the time, and that they're going to, you know, win the Big 12 or anything, but they are a team that knows how they want to play, knows what they need to do to be successful, and they will have a lot more success than, than you know, failures for this season. So I'm very, very excited. Just as excited as I am for the men's team, because the men's team has been phenomenal. This was a, a difficult game for them against Harvard. It was another game where it seemed like, even though Jalen Wilson ended up leading the team in points, it was a game where it just seemed like he was struggling at times. I don't know why it seemed that way. It was a little weird. Because, again, he ended up with 21 points. He ended up being, you know, one of the, um, you know, biggest scorers. One of the guys that, you know, he, he really was the guy you, like, look to. Um, you know, 21 points. He had the most points of anybody in the entire game. But it was a very difficult 21 points. Um, you know, he needed 17 shots to get those 21 points. He was one of six from the three-point range. That's the thing I think that he really needs to, to figure out what's going on there and figuring out how to do better there. Um, Kansas as a whole has been struggling from the three-point line for whatever reason. They only shot 20% on this game, four of 20. Grady Dick uh, was three of seven, and he was great in the, uh, you know, in the first in the first half. But he ended up three of 11. Like, Kansas did not shoot very well in this particular game, but still were able to win by 14 points uh, by the end of it. So 68 to 54 was that win. Not the game that we expected to see against Harvard, but Harvard was a team that was very game to go up and down with them. Um, they will need to shore some things up going into conference play. But, you know, first game that they have of conference play is December 31st against Oklahoma State at home. will be very, very interesting to see how that goes. Um, exactly the same day that Kansas uh, women travel to Oklahoma State to take on the Cowgirls there. So lots of great Big 12 basketball coming up. But let's go ahead. Um, I think that'll do it for our basketball coverage. Uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about. I will have Kyle or Brendan on, you know, to kind of talk about these games, kind of look ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to pull up something before Big 12 Conference play starts to kind of talk about that. We might have that a little bit later this week. Looking forward to that. So be on the lookout. Take a look for that. But uh, we're going to go ahead and throw it to a quick break. When we come back, I will have Andy Hodges of allhogs.com joining me to talk about this Arkansas game. Welcome one, welcome all. And you are listening live to the one, the only Tortillas and Takes podcast. From football to softball to track and field, tune in to get the best coverage in everything that is Texas Tech. Not only that, but find out what unsuspecting star we get to interview and put on the hot seat. Whether you like corn or flour, eating them or throwing them, this tortilla is for you. So listen to Tortillas and Takes. And as always, stay wrecked, people. And I am joined now by Andy Hodges of the theallhogs.com. He is... Uh, that, that is the site that covers the Arkansas Razorbacks um, on the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Network. Andy, how you doing today? I'm doing great. It's, even even withstanding the fact that I went out to uh, wrap up the final Christmas present delivering to grandkids and things, and um, I, well, picked up a screw in a tire and all that That's stuff. That's no fun. Well, we started out the day this morning when I got out at 44 degrees here in Fayetteville. Now it's 22 and falling. So I don't know what's what's happening. We have 
This is Arkansas. If you don't like the weather today, stick around. It'll change tomorrow. Yeah, that's funny because, you know, Kansas, we have a saying, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. So yeah, it seems like good. a lot of places have that kind of saying. So, but well, yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence, Kansas is not that far from from Fayetteville. No, that's true. It's not It's not really that far away. So, um, you know, so obviously we're, we're, we're here to preview the game between Kansas and Arkansas coming up on Wednesday in the Liberty Bowl. Um it is a little oh, weird. Playing a football game. I thought this was basketball. <laughs> oh man, wouldn't that be something? Right. I would say I'm always down to talk basketball, but Kansas is, you know, in a in a football bowl game for the first time in over a decade. So I figured yeah. we probably should talk about that here on the podcast at least some point. So, um, yeah. you know, we were actually talking before we started recording. There is a a very different level of excitement for this game. From, from the two different fan bases. Kansas, obviously, the first bowl game in a really long time. Um, you know, Arkansas, a 6-16 six and 16 coming out of the SEC. It sounds like there's not a lot of excitement for this particular game. Is is it fair to say that there's a lot of Razorback fans that are, you know, either ready for basketball or ready to kind of move on or just not really super excited about this game? Well, part of the problem, the basketball team opens uh, Southeastern Conference play that night at eight o'clock in Baton Rouge against LSU. So and that's a big <laughs> rivalry game too. So, and the basketball team's number nine, and this is probably the most talented team. I know I've been watching that. I can remember Razorback basketball for 60 years, and this is the most talented basketball team they've ever had from top to bottom. Well, a lot of people are excited about that. The familiarity, Memphis is so close. You know, a lot of people, this is not a spectacular bowl trip. They don't have anything around the game to attract people because, I mean, Bill Street, we've all done it so many times. You know, we don't even, that's that's no big deal. There's no sites that you we haven't seen in Memphis. I mean, everybody's been to Graceland. Uh you know, I mean, I'm this is how old I am. I actually covered a Liberty Bowl and sat by Elvis Presley. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when he was alive. That's crazy. And we had a we had a story on All Hogs Christmas Day that did pretty well that it was nineteen seventy six, Alabama and UCLA, and I was at an Arkansas newspaper. And went over for the game, and about midway through the second quarter, early in the second quarter, because it was so cold, nobody in the media showed up except me, and they gave me the whole third row because I was the last guy and the youngest up there at that time. And I noticed a rustling couple of chairs down. I looked over, and it's Elvis Presley. And he he leans over and goes, hi, I'm Elvis Presley. And all I could think to say was, no S word. <laughs> and he just died laughing. I mean, I'm like, that's awesome. What else am I going to say? Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. We just had some general chat. I don't think it was the highlight of him. And he died a few months later in Memphis. So I, 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 that's a roundabout old man way of saying, we're all familiar with Memphis. Right. It's it's not Been a novel there, trip for you guys. So no, it's kind of just like, eh. <laughs> That's a weekend excursion to go to Memphis, stay at the Peabody Hotel, 
you know, go down on Beale Street, see the sights and everything, and go see Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lee Lewis's bar and stuff like that. Yep. So, so is, yeah. yeah. So I mean, obviously, bowl bowl season is one of those times where half the time you don't even necessarily know who's playing because there's a bunch of guys that have opted out or you know are getting ready for the NFL. Um, I haven't seen a lot of news about big players for Arkansas that are opting out, but are, are there guys that have been big contributors for this team this year that you're expecting not to play in the game? Two starting linebackers, the two leading tacklers on the team. Okay, I, I missed those, but yeah, that that, that could make uh, a, a big difference, I think, in terms yeah, of how the game Drew, goes. <laughs> Drew Sanders, uh, they opted out. Uh, the starting nose tackle opted out last week, and that was kind of unusual because what – you couldn't really criticize him. He's a fifth-year guy from Springdale, which is just north of Fayetteville here, and he opted out. So you really can't – I can't criticize – I cannot criticize a player who's been here for four years and he decides he's got the fifth year because of COVID and he decides to opt out at the end. He's fulfilled every obligation – he incurred when he signed his letter of intent. Yep. I may not like it, but I, I, there's not going to be any criticism from me. And trust me, I'm about the hardest guy on the, in the media. And I'm not going to criticize somebody like that. I'm going to criticize people like Jaden Hasselwood, who came here and stayed less than a year and opted out of the bowl game. And, to my knowledge, there's nothing physically wrong with him. And I hate this whole opt-out thing where you can just say, I'm done, screw it. I'm tired of playing, so I'm not going to play. Most of these guys that opt out aren't going to get drafted by an XFL team, much yeah. less an NFL team. You know, there is one silver lining to guys that decide to opt out because, you know, and and Lance Leipold for, for Kansas talked about this, like one of the main – reasons that they were pushing so hard to make sure they got to a bowl game was all the extra practices, all the extra practice time, the the development time, all of that. And so if you have guys that opt out, either for good reasons or not so good reasons, the guys that are coming back next year have a good opportunity to get some extra playing time, some extra practice time, some extra stuff. So it's not it's not all bad. Obviously you would like to have, you know, a, a an entertaining game with as many of the big contributors there to help celebrate with it as well. But you know, I, I'm also, you know, I, I think I'm I'm young enough and I'm familiar enough with the way a lot of this works to understand that, hey, when there are guys that potentially have, you know, things that they're looking forward to, things that they're trying to get to, and I'm going to be completely honest, football is, is, is a physical enough and a brutal enough game that if you decide you're done with football and you don't necessarily care about this particular game, I, I don't necessarily begrudge anybody who does opt out for it, but... It obviously changes the complexion of what the game looks like. It, it changes the way I think right. that a lot of teams prepare for this. And of course, you know, all of us fans that are watching, um, you know, I, I feel bad for the kids. You know, I've, I've heard of instances of where kids go and get to go to a bowl game and they're super excited to see one of their favorite players. And then the player's not actually playing because they're opting right. out for whatever reason. So I, I feel bad for anybody who's caught up in anything like that. But um, so, so thinking about who, you know, has opted out and kind of what this team looks like, um, you know, this is a six and six Arkansas team, which means that while some things have gone right for them, there were definitely some things that didn't go the way that they were expecting. But ha- has this team kind of lived up to the expectations for this season coming in, or you know, were they expecting to be a much better team than they were? 
I was the only person in the media. And in fact, some of the people at Bad Nation now argued this about, you know, when before the season, I said, this is six and 16. I said, that's their talent level. Now, I've been doing this long enough. When you say six and six, that means depending on injuries, players, relationships. I mean, a breakup with a girlfriend can cost a team a game. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, because they're so fickle nowadays. Uh, officials calls. you That six and six can move to eight and four. It can move to four and eight. It just depends on the breaks. Arkansas got all those breaks last year. So they go eight and four in the regular season. They play a Penn State team that I'm not sure the people from Penn State, media people knew all the people that were playing for Penn State. They had so many yeah. options and things. And it's going to kind of be the case with Arkansas. But, you know, that's that's just you always have to be flexible on that. But you were talking about players opting out and say that's a difference in generation because I'm from, you know, the 70s, 60s and 70s. And all I hear about from players today, and I'll criticize them, I was one. All I hear about are players talking about what's owed them and what's due to them instead of what they owe and their obligations. And well, it kind of drives old guys like me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean, because, you know, I, when I was coming out of school, this was a not something that really happened either, you know, and I mean, I've, I'm not, I'm not really that old, but I like, I, you know, I was in school middle of 2000s. And so, you know, it's one of those where this is a re- really new phenomenon. And I think it's as the sport has gotten much more individualized, as you've seen, you know, free agency in the professional leagues, and it's kind of trickling down into college as well. And I think it's a lot of those you know, there are there are definitely advantages to it in terms of players being able to make sure that they take care of themselves and players, may, you know, having that, that agency to make sure that they're doing what's good for them. But there's also disadvantages and it makes it a lot harder for teams to, to build those, you know, coherent relationships and do everything that they need to do. And, and you know, there's you, you definitely lose something by having players have all of these these additional options. It's a completely different world, I think, than what we're used to seeing even like 10 years ago. Um, it is completely and, different. And think about, it, you know, nowadays there are six bowl games that really, and only really four of those really, really matter. Yep. And if you're not in one of those, if really, if you're not in one of the final four teams in the semifinals, it really doesn't matter a bowl game. It doesn't matter to the players. It doesn't matter to most of the fans. It doesn't matter to anybody. There's just not, they don't care because it's it's actually meaningless. And you want to avoid what Arkansas had in 2014. A 6-6 six and six team that spent double the money on sending people to Houston for the Texas Bowl than even the check. Right. They spent twice the money taking people on jets to Houston for that game and entertaining them for a week. Then they got the check for, we're out of whack. 
It's a right, right, yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of that depends on the program, right? Because, like, for Kansas, I would not be surprised to hear that Kansas spent a bunch more money than they're going to get from their, you know, bowl payout. But, you know, having not been to a bowl game in so long, oh, this being, one, right, yeah, sure. this being such a huge deal, you know, I, I think... I think we are we are definitely still in a situation where bowl games mean different things to different people and to different programs. But there's a lot more; it's, it's a lot more visible, right? When that kind of stuff happens and when people do stuff yeah. a little differently. So, and quite frankly, in Arkansas, you you were talking about fan interest, and I I understand, and we kind of suspected this was going to be the case that Kansas would be fired up about the game. And things of that nature. Yep. While in Arkansas, it was interesting to note, and I'm not going to mention his name now, but he's one of the longtime, fairly large donors uh, to the Razorbacks on social media today said he was selling his four tickets on the 50 yard line, seventh row plus a VIP parking pass, which means you literally walk across the little right. roundabout thing around Liberty Bowl Stadium, selling all that for 300 bucks. That's crazy. <laughs> Man, I wish I had seen that because I would have bought it for my kids that want to go watch the game. So <laughs> You know, I mean, it's like, I'm like, okay. No, that's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, so it is one of those things. I, I will be very interested to see how that carries over to the actual teams themselves. Because, you know, you look at this this Arkansas team and what they've done this year, and it's a really weird up-and-down season, just even looking at the results. I mean, you know, they, they had a really close loss to a seventh-ranked LSU. Then they beat Ole Miss and then lose to a Missouri team that honestly has not a very good Missouri team from everything I've seen. So it's just like... They've been extremely up and down, especially towards the end of the season. How much of that do you think is going to carry over into this game? How ready do you think this team is actually going to be for this game? I actually don't think that players and stuff care that much about the game. I mean, that's just the vibe that I've gotten and things because so many, I can't remember if the number is 23 or 24 players are gone that were, at you know, Missouri on the roster at Missouri, they're gone. I mean, you're, you're asking me, we're going to talk about starters. I don't even know who some of the starting positions are going to be for Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, so, so I was going to say like guys opt out last week, you know, that we thought were going to be starters. The starting nose guard, Isaiah Nichols opted out last week. Uh, Marcus Henderson, who, I thought was going to be moved up to starting on the offensive line. Well, he decided opt out <laughs> this, you know. That's crazy. This past week, and I'm like, what? A... I don't know. All I know is KJ Jefferson will probably be the starting quarterback. I hope he does not get killed because it's going to be a completely new offensive line in front of him. And KJ's gotten hurt quite a bit. But now he's going to play in the game. It means a lot to him. He's from Sardis, Mississippi, which is right down the road from Memphis. It's about 45 miles away. Oh, yeah. So this is like home, like coming home for him, basically. Yeah. Next to playing in Starkville or uh, Oxford, this is a home game for his family and friends back in Sardis. So he's excited about the game. 
only problem is he's the quarterback and right. the guys in front of him don't have a particular interest that day. Well, he's got a problem. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess that's, that's where we'll start then. I mean, you know, in, in terms of looking at the offense, because, you know, it definitely seemed like they have been up and down all year long. They've had a lot of success at times, but then also times where they just got completely shut down. And, uh, you know, Kansas has a, Kansas has a defense that I think is, is very, I guess, allows a lot of stuff up front and then clamps down and makes adjustments as the game goes on. Um, with what you're talking about with offensive linemen being out and, you know, I'm not sure about skill position players, if there's any big ones that are, that, that have opted out that are, you know, that, and that, and, and that you don't have good replacements for, um, you know, how, how likely is it that Arkansas could get off to a fast start to potentially, you know, get themselves, you know, the, the, the possibility of staying in this game late in it. Here's the, here's the biggest question that I don't, I, I'll be honest and I apologize. I don't know enough about Kansas. Uh, defense to say if Kansas can stop the run Arkansas's run early I don't know what's going to happen to Arkansas well that's good for Arkansas because Kansas's rushing defense has absolutely been really bad this year like it's been atrocious this year so that it sounds like it's the one the one area that Arkansas can potentially get some stuff going is the area where Kansas typically lets stuff go so I will be very interested to see how the early you know, how this matchup shapes up early. Um, but, yeah, Kansas, I mean, you know, they, they are a second-half team. The defense gets stronger as the game goes on. They have a lot of uh, depth along the defensive line. They rotate a bunch of guys in and out. So as long as Arkansas is not running a super up-tempo offense where they can't get subs out on the on the field, you know, Kansas uses that, you know, they have a full, I think, a full, like, three rotations of defensive linemen that can come in and play. And so by the end of the, you know, by in the fourth quarter, they've got guys that have to all kinds of fresh legs and they're getting all kinds of pressure. Now, I don't know this. Kendall Bryles, the offensive coordinator, he doesn't consult with me. He should, but he doesn't. <laughs> uh, what Kendall likes to do is an up-tempo offense. And the combination of Kendall and Sam Pittman if they can run the ball straight ahead, Arkansas's got a good quarterback. They've got three really good running backs. Now the problem is they ain't got a starting wide receiver that's still on the team. They don't have a starting tight end that's still on the team. Over half of the offensive line is gone. But the easiest thing in the world to do in football for an offensive lineman is go straight ahead. Now, if Kansas can't stop that, Arkansas is going to be doing it just boom, 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 right down the field, probably until Kansas shows that they can stop that or slow it down. But if Kansas can stop that, hey. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> picks on the bingo card what might happen because I don't have a clue after that. Yeah, it is definitely one of those things. I would expect to see Arkansas have some success early. But if, if they're really one-dimensional, like 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 you're saying that they very well could be in this game, um, you know, uh, Brian Borland. Know well, yeah, Brian Borland, defensive coordinator for Kansas, has done a good job of adjusting as games have gone on, has, has done a fairly good job of, of making changes. The problem that they've run into is when they are just dominated in terms of physical prowess and, you know, guys that can also adjust on the other side 
um, that's where they've kind of run into some issues. So I, I, it doesn't sound like it's something that I, that Kansas fans necessarily need to be too worried about. Like, well, you know, Kansas has, has come back from double digit deficits multiple times this year, even on the road. Um, and so I'm not expecting this to be a, you know, a game where Arkansas comes and punches them in the mouth and then Kansas rolls over and, you know, Arkansas runs out to a, a huge win. Um, you know, I think the, the Kansas offense can get them back in games if needed. The defense can make a big stop here and there, um, even if Arkansas has that running game going. So I'll be very interested to see, though, how how quickly they're able to get it going. Um, that has always kind of been the worry for Kansas fans this year, is that you have a team that is really good at the run. Um, Kansas has not been very good at defending the run, mainly because I think they have some guys that are a little bit undersized uh, to try to, you know, avoid some of those big, huge running backs that, that have a lot of power, but... They, they've done some pretty good things scheming-wise. So, the, the problem, and this is just how inexperienced Arkansas is in this game at wide receiver. Yep. One of the starting wide receivers, and they list him at 5'11", uh, something like that, uh, Isaiah Santana. He hasn't played in a single game all year. He's a true freshman. Now, he's got world-class speed. He's from right here in Fayetteville, so I'm playing high school. So. And he is perfectly capable unless, let me put it this way, unless Kansas has somebody in the secondary that is also able to qualify for the Olympic team in the 100-meter dash, they don't have anybody that can keep up with Because he will. I mean, he literally could qualify for the Olympic trials in the 100 meter dash. That's how fast he is. We're talking nine six nine seven hundred meters. High school. That's crazy. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, in my day, that was great for a 100 yard dash. Yeah. But uh, they may just try to line him up and send him deep, see if anybody can keep up with him a couple of times. I don't know. Uh, the running game is what Arkansas likes. They would like to be able to just run the ball from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. Have four possessions the entire game, score every time, manage to get one stop on Kansas, win the game, 28-21, everybody go home, happy. Um, whether that'll happen or not, I have my doubts because I think Kansas, they might give up. I, I see, I, I can envision this happening. Arkansas moving down the field, scoring, running the ball on its first possession. Kendall Browse assuming Kansas is going to make moves to adjust to that and scheme it out. So he quits running the ball and Kansas makes the, you know, creates a problem. I could see that scenario playing out very easily. It won't surprise me if Arkansas just runs the ball down the field first first possession and gets a score. That's happened several times this oh, yeah. year for Arkansas, and then they end up getting beat. But, you know, it's, it's one of those – to me, there's more questions than answers at two days before a game – than maybe any bowl game I've seen for Arkansas since uh, my second or third year at Arkansas when played Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl and upset them thirty-one to six. Yeah, so so let's flip over to the other side of the ball because 
obviously you already talked about a couple of the guys that are, um, you know, that, that have uh, kind of opted out at this point. Um, you know, Kansas offense has been very good this year. Uh, I believe they they ended up as fifth, you know, in terms of um, total offense or, you know, fifth in terms of, like, uh, I think it's yards per play or stuff like that. So, like, they've been very, very successful. Andy Kotelnicki just signed an extension, um, you know, to, to stay for the next five years um, in Lawrence because of how, you know, Im- impressed they were with what he's been doing. And um, I- I'm very interested to see, you know, what, what do you think – is the biggest worry for Arkansas going to this game in terms of what Kansas can do offensively, because they have Jalen Daniels, who is a, a quarterback that can run it, that has, you know, that mobility. The backup is Jason Bean, who is probably the fastest guy on the entire team. Um, so it's like, you know, even if, if Daniels was to get knocked out for whatever reason or something were to happen, they have a very capable guy. Um, you have a, you know, a guy in Devin Neal, the running back who is a workhorse back, who is, you know, he is, he is a very, very good back a uh, guy from Lawrence, you know, a guy that uh, is doing a lot, and this means a lot to him to be able to take his hometown team, you know, to a bowl game. Um, and then they've got a, a stable of wide receivers. They don't really have a, you know, a big go-to wide receiver, but they have a stable of receivers, both wide receivers and tight ends. And, you know, I would not be shocked to see Jalen Daniels complete a pass to 11 different players, you know, in this game. So of all of the possibilities that Kansas has, like what is the thing that's the most concerning you know, if you were the Arkansas defense in terms of trying to stop, is it just that they have so many options or is there something specifically that gives Arkansas problems this year? This year, they couldn't stop a passing team because the secondary was depleted by injury, you know, by halftime of the first game of the year. Yuck. <laughs> That's no fun. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they lose Jalen Catalan. To, for the season with a shoulder injury. And now they've got all the opt-outs. It's like I was saying, you know, the two starting linebackers won't be there. Uh, about half of the starting defensive line won't be there. The secondary has been a mess all year, and two of their best players have already opted out or transfer portaled out, Whatever. <laughs> the problem that Arkansas has not been able to get a handle on all year, if you have a mobile quarterback Uh-oh. <laughs> who can run and also can throw on the run, Arkansas has not stopped it all year long. So that sounds like this is like a, a nightmare matchup for Arkansas then in terms of what Kansas can do offensively. Because yeah, they have- basically. Basically, yeah. if Kansas screws this up, then that's on Kansas. Right. Like, it's hard for me to imagine, based off the way you're just you're describing it, what I've looked at, and, you know, the way Kansas offense plays, that unless there's, like, some sort of major injury or, so, you know, someone gets ejected for something or, you know, just something ridiculous that changes the complexion of the entire game, this should be a very high-scoring game, at, at least on the Kansas side. I would imagine Arkansas is probably going to be – at least somewhat successful running it as well. And Kansas is going to have some, some problems. I, I know that our, our, our guy over at blue wings rising, his prediction for this game was a 45 to 41 score. So like he's expecting a lot of points from both sides, um, you know, just because Kansas does have problems with giving up a bunch of yards on the ground. So I will be very interested to kind of see what happens. I'll be interested to see how many, how many Kansas players get to have really big offensive games Um but so so it, it, it sounds like based off of our discussion and kind of what we were talking about that you're not expecting this game to go particularly well for Arkansas. 
Is that fair? <laughs> no, I didn't think it was going to go well when, you know, they finished the regular. When they got beat at Missouri, yeah. I said, uh-oh, here we go. That's a, that was a it, – it, it came across to me because I was trying to watch some of it to, like, you know, watch a little bit of tape to figure out, you know, what to expect. And it seemed to me like that was a we're all checked out type of loss to Missouri. It wasn't a, you know – Missouri didn't necessarily just beat them or they didn't, you know, like it was a, they didn't necessarily seem like they were that motivated with what was at stake in that game for them. Cause they had already qualified for a bowl. You know, they, even if they won that game at seven and five, they weren't going to go, you know, they weren't going to improve their slot in the bowl standing very much anyway. Um, so yeah, it was definitely seemed like a, we're checked out Missouri. If you want a bowl game, go ahead and take it. Yeah. Well, There's that. We've also, I've said since August, something didn't feel right about this team. Here we are coming at the the end of December, and I still don't know what that is, but it's gotten worse. There's some sort of dysfunction that has gone on within Arkansas's team all year. And I don't know what it is. I can't, I can't. I can't even say that's the case for certain. But I have been covering football a long time. I've been around a lot of teams, and you can tell when some sort of dysfunction's going on internally. Well, the day after the Missouri game, the strength and conditioning coach, who is around the team more than. Every other coach combined, he's with them every day, in season, off season, summer, everything. He gets fired, not resigns. He got fired, and his whole staff with him got fired. That's crazy. So, so how much how much worry is there then for you know like Arkansas the the coaching staff and all of that? Like, are are they on the hot seat at all right now? Like the, the rest yeah, of the staff? Yeah. Sam Pittman's not on the hot seat. Okay, I didn't I, think so, but it was, I mean, like it, I it seems like this was a, a somewhat of a disappointment of a season, and I guess there's some potential oh, questions going into next year about how that's going to kind of get set up. But it doesn't sound like this is, you know, even if they beat Kansas in this game, it doesn't sound like that's like a huge, you know, boost going into next year or anything like that. It sounds like there's a bunch of turmoil to kind of deal with. So. I mean, and and I want to make it very clear, that is strictly speculation. I do not have a single piece of solid evidence. No, but it is one of those things where you follow the team and then me who just read about the team a little bit here and there are getting a similar sort of impression. Like, it seemed to me like there was definitely something going on and there's worries about, you know, how things are going. It definitely seemed like stuff kind of devolved going throughout the course of the year. But, you know... At least we were kind of joking about it at the, at the beginning, but at least you guys have basketball to look forward to for the rest of this year. Um, regardless of how this game goes, you know, you know, th- there's a very good chance, I think, that both of our teams are going to be really good at basketball this year. And, and hopefully we get another chance to talk later this year as Kansas plays Arkansas in the NCAA tournament because I think that would be a whole lot of fun to talk about. So, Well, um, here's something you can check from the Kansas end. Yeah. I'm going to get back to football real quick, but while I think about it, at my age, you throw things out when you think about it. So we of course. Sound- rather disjointed when we talk sometimes. Why in the world do Kansas and Arkansas not play in basketball? To be honest, I'm not really sure. 
It doesn't make a lot of sense. I think part of it's just that Kansas has a lot of teams that they are trying to get on their schedule. Um, and Bill Self is very, I think, judicious with who it is that he schedules and how often he schedules teams. Um, there are so many people well, trying to play he's Kansas. Got a, he's also got a strong uh, – he's got ties to Arkansas. Yeah. No, I, and, I agree. But they're so close. I mean, this is a tailor-made regional rivalry and maybe interesting to see how it plays out because with Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC, Arkansas had that finally with Oklahoma where they were playing in basketball every year. Yeah, I'll be interested to see who Kansas kind of fills stuff out with, um, especially, you know, as as more as the landscape changes more and more. So, But, oh. but back to football, if you line up the dominoes that have fallen with Arkansas, strength and conditioning coach getting fired the day after the season loss that was – it looked like everybody from Arkansas was like, <laughs> then defensive coordinator Barry Odom leaves to go to UNLV as the head coach. I think he actually didn't get that much of a raise yeah. to go there because he was making one and a half million a year at Arkansas. Yeah, there's, there's definitely something to say for being a head coach as opposed to being a coordinator, but still. Like, yeah, some some people are born to be assistant coaches. Some people yep. are born to be head coaches. Um, there's rumors that other coach assistants may be on the way out. Nobody knows. Sam's not going to clean house on assistants with a bowl game coming up. Right, right. Arkansas has got a lot of issues. I don't understand exactly what all is going on. Sam Pittman couldn't just completely clean house right. of assistance. I don't know if there's any intention for any more to leave. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting next of the month with signing, you know, national signing day. We've got the second big one. Arkansas has got a lot of holes to fill in terms of players that they can bring in. So I don't know, but I don't think the focus has been on Kansas. Unfortunately for Kansas, are, are fortunately, I mean, if you take the opinion, you don't care if how they win, it's a win over an SEC team. Well, I mean, and, and for for Kansas, I don't even think that the, necessarily the result is what they necessarily care about. Obviously, you want to win, but they want to go. They want to put on a good show. They want to, you know, take in all the festivities. They want to give their fans something to be excited about. And so, you know, if it ends up with them losing to an Arkansas team that is physically better than them, because they're just more athletic, then so be it. But if they can go and put on a good show and show that they belong in the bowl conversation, you know, and belong there, regardless of what the result is, you know, I think Kansas fans will be happy. I think the Kansas administration will be happy, and they can show that they're building something and can use that as progress. Now, granted, you obviously want to win if you can win, and I think that will help Kansas. But the fact that Arkansas has so much, you know, that's changed makes it a little bit harder you to necessarily game plan against what Arkansas is trying to do. It's more about just making sure that you're playing the way that you want to play. Yeah. And, and I understand it from Kansas standpoint, because I mean, let's just be honest. Kansas was terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I've, I've lived through that. So yes, I completely understand. No, it's, it's, it's funny. Y'all also had, y'all also had lived through Jeff Long as an athletic director. Oh gosh. Yes. God be with you, you know. 
Uh, oh no, I, I forgot that you guys are well equipped to know how um, oh, yes. painful that is. No, let me tell you, I I was able to get more involved thanks to Jeff Long because there were definitely a lot of people that were not happy with the way that he did things, um, and so it was a lot easier to you know hear from people inside the administration to you know hear a lot of more what was happening and. Um, there's some pretty crazy stuff that happened with Jeff Long, and I'm sure you're probably well aware of the, how, how that stuff kind of works. Under, yeah, we, we under can him, talk so. on the phone. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. It, it, it was. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny because I said for the longest time that Kansas' problems were not even necessarily head coaching problems. It was athletic director problems. Um, and I think that, that, you know, having Travis Goff here has kind of borne that out. Um, you know, the just the synergy between the football coaching staff and the athletic director in a positive way, not like with Les Miles and, and Jeff Long in terms of, you know, it all, it be all being about them. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a completely night and day difference from what we had with any of the previous athletic directors going all the way back to Lou Perkins. So I am very, very happy with the administration they have there. Kansas is building something. I was probably the most optimistic of anybody in Kansas media, you know, in, you know, as Kansas fans or anything like that, I actually predicted that they were going to go to a bowl game this year, but I thought they would have some upsets against teams like Texas or Kansas state at the end of the year and sneak in at the end instead of starting five and zero and then qualifying, you know, with multiple weeks left to go. But, you know, I, I, I was very upfront. I was like, I know some things are going to have to go, you know, they're going to have to have some upsets. They're going to have to you know do some things that you wouldn't pick if you were, you know, betting the farm on it. Um, but even I was surprised by how far they've come this year, how much development we've seen, how how well this staff was able to use the transfer portal to bolster the team and get all these guys to buy in. So I'm really excited as a as a lifelong or as as a very long time Kansas fan, you know, as somebody who gets to cover this team, uh, it's been great to be able to actually watch what this team is doing. And I know that there's a lot of Kansas fans that are super excited about this. So um even with basketball, right, going really well and Kansas being in the top five in basketball like they normally are and, you know, being the reigning national champions, football is still one of the big things everybody's talking about. Everybody's focused on football right now, which is a really weird thing being a Kansas fan when you've got two really good basketball programs. Which is good because even when you have, and Kansas Bill Self probably doesn't like this comparison, Deal with it. You know how to get in touch with me, Bill. <laughs> um, Kansas is one of the blue blood programs. Oh yeah, in college basketball, yet football still generates more revenue than basketball. Oh yeah, the good in football generates more revenue, and don't blame the fans. Don't blame anybody else. Blame television and ESPN. Right, exactly. And I'm part of an ESPN radio group of four radio stations. So, I mean, it is what it is. If you don't like it, come up with more money and compete. But ESPN has changed the dynamic, and most of their money goes toward football, college football. And that's not going to change. So Kansas obviously wanted for the – balance sheet, the better you are at football, the more money you're going to make. And in the end, these days in college athletics, that's what it's about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, it's, it's it's one of those things. Kansas has been a basketball school. They are one of the probably four or five schools where basketball can actually have an impact on the bottom line. Um, you know, and, and 
theoretically could be a deal sweetener for some sort of TV package, but it's not going to drive value. You have to have, you know, that football driving the main value, and everybody recognizes that. It was funny because when College Game Day came to town, you know, Bill Self talked about how they were a basketball school still, you know, in Kansas, but we're also going to be a football school. Like, like that was the way, and it was it was right on the the back of uh, John Calipari over at Kentucky talking about how you know they're still a basketball school and the 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 whatever that feud was, whether it was a real feud or not between him and Mark Stoops. Um, you know, I thought that was kind of funny. It happened like right after that, where he said on national television, like you know, Kansas is a basketball school and we're going to be a football school too. Is where he followed it up, and I just thought it was really funny. Um, but you know, I mean, Bill Self has been very very outspoken about how important it is for the football team to be good for the entire university. And, and I think everybody knows that. And so it's one of those things. Well, yeah, you're right. Right. Like I don't think Kansas is ever going to be bad at basketball. Um, but you don't want to only focus on basketball to the detriment of football. And I think that's what we had seen either in some cases or just a, you know, not really understanding how to make football a good program. So thankfully it seems like they're on the right track. It comes down to recruiting Yep, and you finally got a guy in that knows how to sell the fact that yes, at Kansas we do have football. Yes, at Kansas we want do want to be good at football. Yes, at Kansas we can compete in football with the big names. We have a great location. We're right outside Kansas City. Uh, you know, well, and, and I think the thing that Lance Leipold is able to do is show his track record of winning without having like he has both. The, the pedigree of being able to build winning football and not having to do it in a way like Les Miles did, where it's about his celebrity, right? So Lance Leipold has shown the ability to build a big program, build a good program with the basics, finding guys and developing guys and doing a lot of the things that a lot of players want to see. If you're not one of the big five stars, you know, you have, you want to go somewhere where you know you're going to develop, you know you're going to have an opportunity to be playing good football and building those fundamentals and, and giving yourself an opportunity to get to the next level. And I think Leipold has shown, you know, at his various stops, they're good at developing guys. They're good at finding guys and getting the most out of them. And that's really what a team like Kansas has to do because there's no way that Kansas is ever going to compete with, you know, the Alabamas or the Texas or the Oklahomas for a recruit if they really want them. Um, You know, it's going to be really hard to kind of compete on that level. And it's going to be difficult, I think, for Kansas to have multiple years of, you know, 10, 11 win seasons. But there's no reason, though, why this can't be a team – that goes to a bowl game two out of every three years, you know, that has opportunities to be in the running for the big 12 championship every few years, you know, that sort of stuff. Like that's, that's kind of what you're looking for as a successful Kansas football program. Yeah. Bill consistency at six, seven wins a year. Yeah. You can throw in the occasional, you know, nine, 10 win season, catch everything right. You could go higher than that. You're going to have the rebuilding year where, portal and everything else is going to wipe you out one year. Yep. Let's just face it. That's the world these it's, days. It's going to happen You're forever. You're going to have yep. a year, you know, and it's it's going to hit schools like Kansas, like Arkansas. I think Arkansas has got a serious problem next year where they may be starting. Right now, if you look at the roster without any transfers, Arkansas is looking at starting probably six to nine true freshmen. Oh, crazy. <laughs> and that's hard to win, especially in the SEC that way. So, yep. All right. Well, I think I think that's about where we should go ahead and wrap it up. I know that I've got to uh, go ahead and get ready to actually get out to Memphis to cover the game 
Um, well, give them my regards. I will, for sure. Or, uh, you know, Rendezvous is a great place for ribs or barbecue, any barbecue. Uh, it's not the only place, though. You can even find great barbecue places in Memphis. I was to say I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have oh. to find some good barbecue places to compare to the Kansas City barbecue because I am a a KC it's barbecue a guy. It's a, it's oh yeah, for sure. Type. Okay, yep. I lo- I love Kansas City barbecue. I can't remember the place we've gone to up there numerous times. Probably Joe's. Yep. There you go. Yeah. I think that's it. Uh, and you know, Memphis has great barbecue places. Um, you know, it's worth the trip if you've never been. Jerry Lee Lewis has a place uh, down on Beale Street, somewhere in that downtown area. But do follow the rules and stay around people in downtown Memphis. I'll have to make make sure I keep that in mind. And, of course, everybody listening that is going to be in Memphis, you know, uh, make yeah, sure you enjoy have, yourself. It's going to be a lot of fun. They have signs posted. Follow the signs, folks. <laughs> Good advice. Don't go. Nobody's parked down this street. I think I can get easy parking there. Yeah. There's probably a reason that there there's a reason. Yeah. All but right. Well, there. so, Hey, I appreciate it. Enjoy yeah. it. Thank you so much for, for jumping on for those that want to get more information about Arkansas, kind of follow the coverage you guys are doing. What's, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, all hogs.com. We, we have a, a website online. I think our social media. I look. I'm 65 years old. I don't do social media. I, I understandable. What, <laughs> I honestly don't care what people are wearing, what they had for lunch. I don't care to see pictures of their food unless I'm eating it. Um, but we have Facebook. It's at All Hogs. Uh, same thing on Twitter. You can Google All Hogs or Google me at Andy H Sports uh, and my various. First one thing and then the other. I never sleep, so <laughs> I, I, uh, I know that feeling well. So there's stuff, yeah, but there's a lot of difference in our age, too. Uh, fair, fair. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm a child. I, I was born in the '50s, so I've been in 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 2000, 2010s, 2010. I'm part of eight decades. Crazy. So, <laughs> you know, I've seen a lot of changes, and. You know, now's great. Social media is great for the kids and all you kids and stuff. Uh, we we don't post a whole lot separately. I don't. Now, I think some of my guys, I think my guy does. But I don't. I don't even know what's going on in the world. I don't even understand half the reference <laughs> these people make. But, yeah, we, we cover the hogs uh, a lot. And uh, you can give us a follow on there and keep up with stuff. We've sure. been tagging everything Kansas with stuff we've been doing all week. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. They've probably seen our links pop up in social media and things like yeah, that. Yeah, probably. But, so. Yeah, it, it was great. Uh, enjoyed it. Have fun at the ball game. I hope the Kansas fans love the Memphis experience. It's uh, truly one of a kind, really. Yep, for sure. And, uh, if you want to go back, feel free. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> make sure you don't leave anything in case. I'm still trying to get over the lack of water issue. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really interesting. I had not caught on to that until just recently that they're having issues with the water there. So be careful like, if you're out there. Really, It'll be interesting. Are, are, are y'all so young and unknowledgeable? You've got the Mississippi River. 
on the shores of Memphis. Downtown, you're two miles away. Yep. Walk over and get you some water, boil it, and you're good to go. It's not, (laughs) you don't even have to boil it if all you're going to do is take a shower, wash hair, whatever. Yep. Get some water and boil it. It's not hard. You can walk down to the river anywhere down there. But everybody have a great time. We enjoyed it. Look forward to the game. Maybe we'll see y'all come March. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to basketball, and I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot about Arkansas. I've watched a few of their games. They are a very exciting team to watch. So hopefully we get a chance to catch up. Maybe see y'all in Houston at the Final Four. Hey, that works for me. So that just means that we get to go to the Final Four again. So I'm all for it. So. All right, well, Andy, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And that is going to do it for us today. Andy, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you guys so much for listening. If you have not already, please do go out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast. You can subscribe, get every episode as soon as it comes out. You can give us a rating and a review. Five stars, nice comments. It would be absolutely fantastic. But if for whatever reason you can't do that, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. We are part of the 10 to podcast network covering all the teams in the Big 12 Conference. You can find links to all the great shows that we have over at 1012network.com. Thank, uh, thanks again to Andy for joining me. Make sure you guys visit our sponsors, Homefield Apparel um, and Prize Picks. Fantastic stuff that they do over there. So, um, But that is going to do it. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast.